Hi guys, welcome back to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Today I'm going to be speaking to you about self-study, self-care, nurturing, study of scriptures, foods that also help us to nurture our bodies, to nurture our minds. And I'm also going to speak to you a little bit about what's going on in my life and how I am using food, self-nurturing, uh, and playfulness and other ways of caring for myself in order to deal with life's excitements, shall we say, as opposed to putting a negative spin on it. Okay, so you're listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Website is atawithalice.com. Ata is A-T-H-A. Ata means right here, right now. Right here, right now. I'm going to start by speaking to you about self-study and study of scripture um, or scriptures. Uh, in Hindu, it's called swadhyaya. It's one of the great vows. So like the Ten Commandments, uh, every religion, Christian, Jewish, they, there's all something to do with how to behave, our ethical precepts, our moral observances. And the last three of the moral observances in the Hindu philosophy are called the, their niyam, is this five of them. The, but the last three really describe uh, Kriya Araja Yoga. And in Kriya Araja Yoga, it really is about tapas, which is heat austerity discipline, swadhyaya, study of self and scriptures, and Ishvara Pranadana surrendering. But I'm going to focus on swadhyaya, study of self and scriptures. So why study ourselves? Why study scriptures? Well, the thing is, is that we all as I say this every week, we all have some reason to be here on this planet. Um, uh, some spiritual reason, some, you know, karmic reason. There's some job we are sent here to do in this body, in this mind, that is either going to help us to come back as a higher living soul the next time around or a higher spirit the next time around, whatever you want to call it. And some of you may not believe it. You may think, oh, I'm here one time and out. But okay, this is according to Hindu philosophy, and this is what I believe. So we're here to figure out what it is that we couldn't figure out the last time around and what it is our job here is that we can leave a mark. And it, I'm not talking about notoriety, that we're not all going to you know, be remembered for writing the greatest novels or producing the greatest movies or being the greatest inventor. I mean, there's plenty of those people, you know, we all know who they are. But we're all here to leave a mark of our own, what did we do? When, you know, it's all said and done, you know, you go to a funeral and people talk about the person who's passed on. And, you know, somebody will always say something like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He was so funny. She was so funny. Or he was such a drag. And, you know, or he could build the most amazing bookcases, whatever it is. I mean, I'm not saying we're all going to be rich and famous, but there's supposed to be something that we're supposed to be able to do. Why am I talking about self-study and you know, reading of study of scriptures. Well, in scriptures, they, there's these ancient scriptures all teach us lessons about how we are to live our lives so that we're not, um, evil souls. You know, they talk about do not steal, uh, speak the truth. Um, you know, don't covet, uh, be content with our lot in life. You know, 
but it's also it also speaks about you know what do we put in so this um, remember i said the one before self-study was tapas which is heat austerity and discipline well you know we have to uh incur some some you know rough and tumbles so in terms of like you know, we heat up gold to make it more pure. You know, the diamond, it's, it's carbon, heated, heated, heated till it becomes this diamond. Well, the same thing with our bodies and our minds. It takes, it takes a little pressure. We need pressure. We have to be prodded a little bit to go forward. When you're a kid in school, your teachers put pressure on you to study so you're going to become a, 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 a more knowledgeable human being and be able to function in society. Our parents put pressure on us to do the right thing. You know, take a bath, you know, do, brush your teeth, study, do your homework, blah, 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 be a good person, you know, that kind of thing. That takes pressure. Exercise. Exercise. I know for some of us, it's like holy hell, but maybe we can learn to love it. Again, that's the heat. So we create heat. So that's that, that exercise. And why I'm talking about exercise, it's been my form of self-care as well as with the food and with this sense of humor and with rest. But the exercise portion to be able to move our bodies. So we create heat in the body. So the body is able to function and rid itself of toxins so we could think and see clearer. So if you want to self-nurture yourself, and you think, oh, I'm going to go have a hot fudge sundae or go have the 32-ounce bone-in ribeye at Morton's, the, the, the mashed potatoes, the cream spinach, and then have the whatever, the holy decadent chocolate thing for dessert and a bottle of wine and a glass of whiskey and then the, the, you know, the dessert drink. I mean, you know what? And then feel like go home and you want to die because you're so full and feel disgusting. Or the self-nurturing that, you know, you eat, a decent meal. Granted, you want something. I'm not saying deny yourself anything. If I want to eat something decadent, by all means, go ahead. But in terms of practicing that that tapas, that heat austerity discipline, that we have to create some sort of working body that it's able to digest, that it's able to function so that our livers don't get so overloaded that it ends up breaking down the liver and then go to the gallbladder and then with dead end sick. So I'm talking about creating heat. So yeah, eating foods that are nurturing to the body. And I'm talking about self-care, self-nurturance. We have to, we have to eat well, we have to move our bodies. So this is study of self. And how else do we study ourselves? So when our bodies are clean and our minds are clear, we are able to see or, you know, maybe get information loaded in. Um, sometimes it comes in, if you have, you know, the certain foods that we could actually eat before bed that may help us with listening or getting clearer messages in our dreams. Um, dates, medjool dates actually help with that. You could have a date like a, a, an hour or two before bed, and it is said to help, um, get messages through our dreams of what it is maybe that we're supposed to do. But so when our minds are clear, so maybe through meditation, maybe through reading scripture that gives, you may read a passage or a message. You may read one today that you read 20 years ago that meant nothing. And you read it today and you think, hmm, um, when the mind is clear, getting messages as to what it is that your body 
your body needs, maybe your mind needs, or maybe what you need, what it is that you need. Um, and even if it's, you know, sitting down daydreaming, laying, you know, in a park on a blanket, looking up at the sky and imagining, you know, going on a journey, going on a trip far away. Last night I had a dream and I was traveling and I was traveling and I was on the water. Um, and I was traveling the world. I mean, uh, that's, that's my greatest passion. All I want to do is if, if I had enough money and time, I would travel the world and do nothing else. And that is one of the best educations in the, in, according to me, <laughs> according to my opinion, the best education we can get is through travel and seeing how other people live. So getting back to the self-care. So purity, contentment, uh, accepting, but not causing pain, study of spiritual books and scriptures and, um, surrendering. So the self-study, uh, swadhyaya, study of self and scripture. And how else do we study ourselves? Well, like I said, if we practice getting enough rest so that we're clear when we are awake, it's really important that when shit hits the fan, we get enough rest or else we react inappropriately. It happens all the time. Somebody's overworked, over, you know, underslept and exhausted. And something happens that just pushes you right over the edge and you lose your marbles. Well, if you have enough sleep and you have enough vitamins and you've eaten good food, um, and you have a sense of humor, it sure helps. And also I want to talk about when people are really negative um, there's another thing we speak about in yoga philosophy and it's called Pratipaksha Bhavana. When a negative thought arises, changing it to a positive one. So yeah, we all have shit that sticks in our craw. You know, there's always going to be something that it's really hard to let go of. Maybe somebody let you go from a job or maybe somebody said something to you that really pissed you off, or maybe something happened to you in the recent past and it's been really hard to let go of. Well, keep changing it to something positive. Keep, whenever that thought arises, changing it to something positive so that you're able to sooner or later get past that point of just having that negative loop continue on and on and on. If you ever, uh, if you're old enough to have had records, um, 45 and 33 records back in the day when we played records, sometimes a record would skip and it would be, and the thing would go on and on and on. It's really important. Okay. And then if you took the rec, if you took the needle off and you clean the record, you could actually sometimes clean out the skip. Sometimes it was just, it was all over, but sometimes if you cleaned it, you could remove the skip. So I'm talking about the clean body, nurturing of oneself, you know, studying what comes up for us, what comes up and why, why is it so important to nurture and study self and study scripture and, or study anything sacred or maybe any philosophy or history that resonates with you, that may have a message for you and just for you that inspires you to change something in your life or to clean up that mind, that body whatever that is that you need to do. And self-purification is so important and vital to our physical and mental health. 
Which brings me to speak about the Yamuna Devi. Now, Yamuna is a river in India. Um, she's known as the goddess of purification. So self-purification, joy of divine playfulness. When the shit hits the fan, it's so important we have a sense of joy and playfulness. And getting back to that sense of humor. You can go through life and be incredibly serious, um, but it's really important to take time out to play. Uh, um, and still you could be absorbed in spiritual truth and, you know, attached to, you know, spirit form, whatever you want to call it, a higher power, or some of you call it God, whatever it is, but it's important that we all have a sense of humor because you know what, this life is short. And if you don't find something to laugh about or to play or to do, I mean, you look at a child or a puppy you, you know, all they want to do is play, 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 and they're happy. You could give them a box, a little box or something so silly, so innate, and they can find pleasure in it. Well, as adults, it's really important to not lose that sense of play. Getting back to, you are listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman, website atawithalice.com. Ata, meaning right here, right now, right here, right now, I'd like to tell you what's going on in my life to to kind of tie in why I'm speaking about why I'm speaking to you about self care and um, nurturing oneself and self study. So, uh, if you listened to last week's podcast, I had said that you know my husband's been sick, and he's going through uh, uh, treatments of chemo and radiation at this moment. And uh, this past week, he got really sick. Now they're working on his neck uh, and his tongue, so his throat and tongue and this past week, he started to really get very ill where he couldn't speak and he's coughing and it's just absolutely awful. It's choking. Um, and we are in the process, uh, we, are, we were in the process of closing on a house, moving a house, taking care of him, taking care of my very needy 103-pound Rottweiler. Um, found out this week that a job that I actually moved north for on the place that we closed this week was no longer because the CEO stole a bucket of money and the place is closed. And it's just a gazillion other things. So, I mean, just a ton of shit falling all around me. Like I, the whole, my whole world is crumbling. Why am I talking about that? Because if I don't get enough rest, if I don't sleep enough, if I don't eat well, if I don't go do my yoga or my meditation or take walks in the park or get outside in nature, I am a, a, a ball of a hot mess. I mean, I'd be on the floor in the fetal position crying. Okay. If I don't, if I am constantly bombarded with all of this negativity and don't find a way, you know, to have an outlet. So yeah, humor. I mean, sit down and watch a comedy. If you just sit and watch the news all day, yeah, you're going to be miserable. I mean, it is, it's a tough world out there. There's great beauty and there's a bunch of love and amazing things. But if you're sitting and watching news for news, uh, casts all day long about negative behaviors and negative things that are going on in the world, it's going to be really rough. So for me, I've been eating, I've been trying to eat really well, trying to go to bed earlier, walking my dog, not only in the neighborhood, but walking in a park, um, sitting outside. You know, we had a full moon, I don't 
I don't know if it was last night or the night before, you know, just sitting outside and looking at the moon, maybe doing a moon meditation or I don't, I know some of you are probably like meditation. Is she fucking crazy? But I'm not saying you have to meditate, but find space to be quiet, to maybe, you know, maybe be inspired by sitting quietly, get off your phone, get off the computer. I mean, just disconnect from technology and disconnect from everybody, from all the outside noise. You know, it just takes five, 10 minutes out of your day. You all have five or 10 minutes. I don't care if you work three jobs. I don't care. There's always a place to get five or 10 minutes, get up earlier or stay awake, maybe a little bit later than everybody else in the house, or just say, I have to leave for five or 10 minutes and take a space for yourself to regroup, you know, find something that you are passionate about that you love. For me, like I said, if it's sitting with your eyes closed and imagining, you know, going on a journey to a place that you've always dreamed about going, or maybe, you know, checking out places that, you know, are, you've never thought about going to that now are maybe inspiring you to visit, or even if it's in your mind's eye. So just imagine going somewhere. I mean, you know, we have imaginations. We're human and we have the ability to imagine so much. And they say, if you can imagine it, if you can visualize it, it could happen. Now, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's true for everybody, but I really believe if we can visualize something and I'm not saying something gigantic, like, oh yeah, I visualize I'm going to win the lotto. Well, yeah, it may happen, but you know, visualize something within reach that you keep visualizing over and over and over again, and maybe make it happen. Um, so self-care, self-care, be kind to yourself. What you say to yourself what kind of, what kind of verbiage goes on in your head when you're having a shitty day or when you make a mistake? Oh, I suck. I made a mistake. You know, this is what they make erasers for. So you made a mistake. So, you know, you get up, you erase it, try it again, you know? So you lost a job. You saw what? You brush yourself off and you go find a new job. You know, that, that self negative self-talk is really damaging to our self-esteem. And why I say the self-esteem thing is because I have a really kind of a warped, dark sense of humor. And I, I sometimes will joke and say something negative about myself. It has cost me jobs and relationships in the past because people took it the wrong way. So be careful how you self-speak, not just to yourself, but speak about yourself to others because sometimes people may misconstrue how you see yourself. So it's really important if it, if it's in a funny way, make sure they are aware that it was how you are, you know, have maybe a dark sense of humor or a dry sense of humor and saying it that way so that it's not misconstrued for people to think you have low self-esteem or really, a really negative sense of self. So another thing I want to talk about is the foods that we need to maybe eat for, to help us with, you know, finding out who our true, true selves are, um, putting up with challenges in life, uh, that maybe feel like they're just too much avocados. Now this is according to my favorite medical medium, Anthony William in life changing foods. He says on an emotional level, 
that avocados help us find our way back to ourselves. When we need emotional strength and connection to who we really are, when we are need, when we are in need to heal a broken heart, avocados fortify us to become strong links in the chain of human interaction. When we're dealing with um, those who are needy, aggressive, or destructive, or weaker links in the chain, avocados help us to pass along caring and metals so we can uphold the integrity of our connections and teach others how to survive life's tests. Avocados are also a pivotal tool when we're struggling with guilt. Um, and the spiritual lesson of the avocado is they're all about nurturing. Uh, avocado is known as the mother fruit. Uh, it's the closest food on the planet to breast milk. Uh, this means that in addition to the ways avocados help our bodies, they fill us spiritually with nurturing, motherly love. When we need to offer care to others, for example, when helping a friend or a loved one through tough times, even, even eating avocados helps us pass along this material energy. And when we're the ones who need love, either to keep us going when we tend to those around us or because of upheavals in our own lives, avocados is the ultimate comfort food. Bring avocados into your life as a teacher of unconditional love, both toward yourself and toward others, and watch your capacity for compassion grow and flourish. So amazing, the avocado. Now, of course, you've all made guacamole, I'm sure. And if you haven't made guacamole, it's just some smashed up, you know, decent ripe avocado, not overripe avocado with some lime. Now, some people will put raw onion and raw garlic, not a fan. So I just smash up an avocado with some lime juice, maybe throw some pieces of jalapeno in there, some touch of salt, pinch of salt, and some cayenne pepper, and I'm good to go. You may want to make avocado toast, which is real popular these days. And sometimes I'll even dice up a teeny bit of tomato and throw that in my, um, guacamole. I think, you know, avocado is, um, is a, an interesting food. It, it can be creamy. You can, you can make your guacamole creamy or chunky. You could smash it up. You could actually eat avocado with a spoon right out of the shell. Um, you can make chocolate mousse, uh, out of avocados. You could actually blend up avocados with some, uh, cocoa powder and either use, um, you know, really, um, uh, moisturized medjool dates. Um, you could use some other form of sugar, maybe maple syrup or a raw honey, but you can make chocolate mousse out of avocados and blend it. So it's creamy and delicious. And, um, there's so much you could do with the avocado. So that's my story about avocado, but another food that actually helps us, um, really figure out what, um, you know, not only cleanses our body, uh, rids us of toxins, but, it also helps us uh, with uh, a freeing experience, freeing experience, helping us to feel clean and clear again and our rightful state of being. And when we're overloaded and when we're overworked and we're just overburdened by life's betrayals or life's, you know, knocks on the head, leafy greens. Um, and according to Anthony, Leafy greens uh, teach us to seize the moment. Their short shelf life means that the early we eat them after they're picked, the better they are for our health. Getting in tune with this awakens us to our fleeting moments of life. 
Um, and the other opportunities are to nourish ourselves on every level if we have the presence of mind to recognize what's in front of us. So the leafy green, um, it could be romaine, red leaf, green leaf, um, spinach. It could even be something like a kale or a dandelion green. But leafy greens, I'm, I'm not a fan of certain bitter greens, but leafy greens um, on an emotion level, on, on a physical level, help, help us to remove toxin, toxic buildup. And on that emotional level, um, you know, loosen up stored toxic emotions so that we can get rid of them. So we don't have to carry them around like luggage for the rest of our lives. And the last it's not really a food, it's an herb, shall we say, is lemon balm. Lemon balm is also known as Melissa. And lemon balm, if you've never had it, it's a, it's a, it's, it looks sort of like mint. And um, on an emotional level, uh, stress and insecurities often cause us to feel fearful about what's around the bend. And we may finding ourselves, we may find ourselves laying in bed at night, uh, wondering what's going to happen to us or our families. Um, lemon balm can take the worry away and replace it with a sense of peace. The spiritual lesson of lemon balm, um, is practically, it's an all purpose plant and teaches us that we're, we're just as well-rounded. We're not each here for just one reason with one lifetime with within one lifetime we have many different lives so within one lifetime we have many different lives and i wanted to repeat that we don't have to live with singular focus we have many chances to explore different gifts and serve diverse purposes some of which we'll discover along the way some of which we'll live out without ever knowing how we're affecting change how we're affecting change so Again, in this lifetime, I've had umpteen million jobs. I've worked as a professional clown. I've worked in a junkyard. I worked as a childcare worker. I was a psychotherapist. I, I've worked in, I taught medical students and doctors. I've bartended. I've waitressed. I've, I've worked, I, I've been a yoga teacher. I mean, you name it. I've had so many jobs. But one of the jobs I've had in this lifetime has been, I was the baby um, of three girls, and um, I was the only one living home when my father uh, dropped dead of a massive heart attack, and I was 18 at the time. And my sisters were out of the house. One was out living in California. One had a baby that morning, so my parents were going to get ready to go see the baby, the second grandchild that they had. But that afternoon, my father dropped dead after they were going to go see the baby the next day of that. But anyway, I was the only one living at home. So I was the only one living at home when my father died. Then um, the next occurrence was my mother was sick and dying, and my sisters had families and children and blah, 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 and nobody was there to take care of my mother while she was dying. And so my husband and I went to uh, see my mom and take care of her while she was dying, and then I was there when my mother uh, died just alone in a room with her. And then uh, I want to say about five years after that, maybe not even four or five years after that, um, my husband and I had been uh, traveling and visiting uh, New York at the time. And we were visiting his parents 
and um, I had gone out, and Paul's father, uh, Paul's mother had gone out, and Paul was alone with his father in the house, and we, um, he happened to be home, and his father uh, fell on the floor, had a stroke, and then died. So it became a little joke uh, amongst friends and family that we were like angels of death. Um, And in the past mm, 10, 15 years since, I've been teaching yoga since 2004. And in this time, I became very interested in the yoga philosophy, yoga history, and healing, uh, healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of people. Not, like I said, I was a psychotherapist. I've worked in the healing fields before. I was a childcare worker. I taught medical students. I've worked um, women's healthcare. I've been in the healing business for a long time, but just recently now taking care of my husband who's going through a really rough time in his uh, stage of chemo and radiation, starting to wonder if my purpose here on this planet is not exactly what I thought it would be. Um, you know, I've been an actress. I, now I'm doing this podcast and I think to myself, Hmm, my podcast is enlightened and annoyed with Alice Saltzman, but I speak to you a great deal about how it is that we heal ourselves and heal each other. And my, my thoughts just recently and more so this week as I really had to really nurture myself, have a sense of humor, um, you know, talk about tapas, do some exercise. I do yoga in a hot room. I'm not saying that everybody should do that. Um, you know, exercise, getting out in nature. I'm wondering if my purpose here on this planet is not just about healing myself and you know, helping you guys to heal, but really honing in on my healing and my self-study and my study of the world, plants, animals, uh, herbs, foods. So I just wanted to share that because I'm going through my own, um, you know, sort of journey on how I am healing, not just myself, not just my friends, my family, but how, uh, how it is or what my purpose is here on this planet, uh, that we call earth. With that being said, you've been listening to enlightened and annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Thanks for listening. Website is atawithalice.com. See you next time.